0: Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing in small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff and thank you for stopping by. We're gonna cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast here and uh, we've got another action-packed episode for you guys on today's episode. And uh, we're gonna be talking about all those things bank related, all the bank runs, all the bank collapses, what it means, and uh, ultimately what should we be doing uh, if we got our money in some of these smaller banks. Uh, So we've got that, we've got CPI coming out, we've got uh, all the news from that, where things are going up, where they're coming down, and uh, what that ultimately means for the state of the economy. We're also watching for that uh, future Fed funds rate uh, increase. We've got some news there. And I uh, kind of want to cover something that I might got wrong on the uh, the last one. And now I don't really have a way to check because I can't look up this previous chart. But um, yeah, we've got uh, all that to cover. It is going to be a lot of news. And uh, I'm going to change things up a little bit this week. And uh, we're actually going to start with the investing challenge that way. Uh, we can get right to the stocks that we're looking at this week. And uh, yeah, if you're new here, the uh, the investing challenge is something that we are doing over there on Facebook on the Let It Grow investing page. We've got five stocks a week that we try to cover. And uh, ultimately, I will be buying one of them every week for the uh, the remainder of the year here. And we're going to try to see if we can't outpace the S&P or the NASDAQ for the the duration of the year here. And that is really our goal to kind of continually dollar cost average into the market and uh, kind of tuck our money away where we think is best based on the results of this poll. So that's uh that's what we're going to be talking about right now. So for week 12, uh, well, for week 11, I will say that we bought Pfizer, ticker PFE. I think that is a safe one with the, the current state of what is going on out there. Uh, PFE is going to give us about a 4.1, 4.2% dividend. I, I haven't checked it exactly uh, I know things have been volatile, things are going all over the place. So some of these dividend yields are uh, fluctuating a bit. But, um, you know, let's take a look and we are up nicely here on the day. Uh, I think we were up a little bit higher, but ultimately we're we're nice and steady right now in the green. I'm up about one and a quarter percent as I am recording this on Tuesday. Now, uh, Pfizer, we are down a little bit on the day, only about uh, 0.28 percent on Pfizer. But that that quarterly dividend yield is about 4.1 percent. So thank you guys for voting for that one. I did add that one. Uh yesterday at uh, I believe it was forty dollars and five cents. So i'm down about uh, 30 cents a share was able to buy five shares Uh, so that is definitely a, a nice ad. I think we should do pretty well with this one now uh for week 12 Well last year this time we were looking at uh, the name iron mountain that is ultimately the one that we voted on So I threw out the option of adding to iron mountain uh for week 12 on this, uh, this first stock. See if we can't dollar cost average, build a larger position, uh, get a larger dividend out of this one too. We've got 4.75 is the, uh, the current quarterly dividend yield on this one. So uh, if you are unfamiliar with Iron Mountain, they're going to be a document storage and shredding company. They own a lot of the land that they are on. So they uh, operate as a REIT, an REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, where a lot of that uh, profit that they make has got to be paid out in the way of a dividend. So you do get uh, normally a little bit higher of a dividend yield when you are looking at REITs. And that is one of the reasons that uh, a lot of people invest in them, is for some of that uh, you know regular income off of these different uh, businesses that own a lot of real estate. So that is going to be number one. Are we gonna add to that one again week 12 this year? Or are we gonna look at four of these other options that? Uh, have really caught my eye lately. And uh, the first one being uh, Advanced Micro Devices, which is ticker AMD, right? We're looking at uh, some of these chip stocks when uh, people are really thinking that, uh, you know, well, they want a lot of them already traded down. Uh, AMD is on a absolute tear today, up about 6.4%, which only gives us about 6.78% of upside. But uh, I'm looking at some of these while other people are thinking that they aren't really the spot to be right now going into a recession. But uh, ultimately, I think in a lot of these cases, they've already sold off so heavily that, uh, you know, we can start nibbling here and there to build a position for when things really start turning around. So, you know, I don't really want to wait until, um, you know, the the last minute to, to kind of prepare for, Uh, the fact that the economy eventually will turn around we're still going to be buying chips we're still going to be putting uh you know things in uh automotive ai autonomous robotics internet of things that's why this one is on here so uh, i'm still thinking that if we buy now we've got a a chance to build a position into some different chip names over the course of this uh this bit of a downturn in chip stocks so that is going to be number two. Now, number three, this one was brought up uh, a couple weeks ago. I had a question about, you know, where could we possibly tuck some money and cherry pick from some different ETFs. And this one kind of came up and I was thinking, you know, this one uh, United Health is a company ticker is UNH. I really think that this one is uh, at a great spot. It's trading uh, near that yearly low. Uh, we're at four fifty nine ninety five and uh, the yearly low was set last June at four forty nine. And you know, being in a recession, people are still going to have their uh, their health care, right? We're still going to have if people have jobs, they're automatically gonna be into uh, a lot of different insurance plans. So United Health, whether you're uh, you know, have them or not, uh, you've got uh, Optum Health and United Healthcare. And uh, the price analysis from Trefis looks about a, a 30.4% uh, upside on this one. You've got uh, a PE of about 21.8, a quarterly dividend of about uh, 1.42%. And uh, what do we got on the analyst research? Uh, yeah, also around 30.3% of upside. Uh, and that's 10 different analysts here. So I definitely think that is one that uh, you know we're buying at a decent price. One that uh, has a lot of upside and it should be fairly well insulated from a lot of different recession concerns as people are going to have to keep their their prescriptions going, their healthcare going. And uh, I think it's one of those things that people really is going to be the, one of the last things people would cut back on is their insurance, especially if they're already tied into a plan for the year through their employer, uh, this, that or the other. I think it's going to be a much safer stock than some of these other ones out there. And uh, like I said, we're already buying it near that yearly uh, low, so that is uh, one of the reasons that I think uh, ticker UNH United Health could really be a solid buy right now, and uh, it it could possibly be one of my favorite ones of this week. But uh, yeah, UNH number three. So number four, we go back to that chip stock name, and this one uh, really has taken it on the chin. Uh, really, for a couple years now, after uh Apple bought Intel's business to make their own chips, Qualcomm, uh, who was making the previous Apple iPhone chips, has traded down, right? But, um, a lot of different signs point to the fact that Qualcomm is going to do just fine without Apple as a customer. And they said by the end of uh 2024, they will be in single digit, um, you know, customer share with, with Apple. That's all that Apple's going to mean to them is in the single digits. So, uh, Qualcomm is still really highly in investing into automotive AI, internet of things. And, uh, they've got a low PE too. So you're getting a, uh, a PE of a 10.9. I think their five-year average is in that 15 range. So you got a nice discount there. You're getting a nice quarterly dividend of 262 percent uh, they did just raise this dividend uh, last week. Uh, I don't think I mentioned that on the, the last report, but they did up their dividend by 6.7%. So uh, if you were already in this one at uh, 75 cents, now you're going to be getting 80 cents. So you got to raise on what they are going to be paying you going forward. So I am definitely a fan of that. Uh, and anytime that you see a company that wants to raise their dividends, uh, I definitely think that comes from a place of... Uh, Of power, they they definitely have it figured out uh, to know how much they can raise it, keep people happy. They they didn't have to raise this, but uh, I think it shows that they're in in a strong position. The the balance sheet should be uh, you know pretty well covered in order to do this. I'm not looking directly at the numbers right now, but uh, normally that is a sign that things are looking good and they have a great outlook going forward. So Qualcomm number four, and again this has kind of been on a long term buy sheet for me. And, you know, being at a PE of a 10.9 on a, uh, a tech or a chip company, I do like that. And the fact that they normally trade higher is a, a very strong signal for me, especially with the, the strength of the business behind it. So I do like Qualcomm and uh, I am long Qualcomm as well as uh, United Health, and the next one, which is going to be Visa. Now, Visa, it doesn't really go without saying, uh, you know, they, they are definitely a powerhouse in that industry. You know, if we're going into a recession, people are going to use their credit cards. If we are coming out of a recession and people want to spend more money, they're still going to use their credit cards. So I think that Visa is definitely well positioned to uh, really, you know, shine through a lot of different environments. They've got a great uh, profit margin on their uh, products and their services. Uh, They don't have as much in the way of uh, materials or they're, they're not too heavy on that side of the business. They do have a lot of high paid uh, individuals that work for Visa, but a lot of the different material supply chain, that doesn't really affect them. So they've got a lot of different things that are going for them. And uh, I really think that they should be able to shine through this environment as well. You've got a lower dividend yield on Visa, though, only about 0.84%. What do we got on analyst research when I am talking Visa We've got about a 20.1% of upside uh, average price target from 22 analysts is about 261. We're sitting at 217, call it today. So there's definitely still some upside left in Visa. If you're strictly looking for upside, it looks like uh, United Health would be the, uh, the leader there. If you're looking for dividend, you'd be probably looking at Iron Mountain. And uh, you know low PE, that one probably goes to Qualcomm. So there's a lot of different names that I am really exploring this week. Uh, some are going to be more value, some are going to be more growth, some are a little bit more safety oriented in the way of uh, United Health or or Visa. But uh, there's a reason that I have all of these on my short list of stocks that I really want to add to. So please go over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Let me know what you are thinking as to which one of these five we should be adding to our investment challenge for week 12. And uh, I do want to take a quick look here at our uh, our Webull portfolio. If you need to get started, I do have links in the description to get you going on Webull, uh, as well as eTrade, Crypto.com, and Binance. Now, uh, E-Trade is where I do most of my investing. I'll talk a little bit more about the options plays I have over there right now. But uh, Webull does give us a lot of uh, flexibility in adding to fractional shares. So uh, if you use my link in the description, you do get a couple shares free or fractional shares free. And uh, that's for literally putting in as little as a dollar. You get free stuff. So uh, if you're going to start an account, please use the link. And uh, yeah, we are up about uh, 0.8% on this Webull portfolio today. We are down 8.9%, but that is from the start of 22. And we know that 22 was a rough year. S&P was down about, what, 17% at the end of the year. The NASDAQ was down 31%. And uh, we did touch right into the green for about an hour, (laughs) I think about a month and a half ago, but uh, it has been rough since then. But uh, what do we got right now? I still think that we've got uh, Starbucks looking nice. That is probably our biggest uh, biggest gainer right now. And then on the negative side, we've got uh, quite a few that have gone down. Shopify has been beating us down for a good bit. Honest Company has been terrible. Plug Power has been been terrible. Those are all down more than 50%. But uh, we never really talked about what we want to do if we want to sell out of some of these names. So we should probably start thinking about that, too. Is there ever going to be a limit on that downside where we just need to cut our losses and reinvest? Maybe we uh, maybe do we do a poll on that one, say if it's down, what, 20 percent, 30 percent, 40 percent. We cut and run or, uh, you know, definitely trade it up a bit but uh you know ethereum has been on a run i'm looking at that one in the weeble portfolio here and uh yeah we're up about 3.9 percent on the day on ethereum as far as our position but let's take a look at uh, crypto.com and see what we've got going over here it has been just a a mind-boggling turn of events here in the banking space but also in crypto um, let's take a look at Bitcoin just, uh, you know, that's kind of the crowd favorite. We'll see the, the, the one week we are up 14.8% in the one week, but, uh, we had a, a major dip, you know, down into that high 19 thousands range. And now we are sitting at 25.4 two days later. It has been absolutely crazy. The amount of volatility that has been out there with these bank closures, Uh, We had Silvergate, we had Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. So three banks, uh, two top 20 banks in the course of a few days that uh, went out. So there has ultimately been a a whole lot of problems that have been associated with that. I said last time that uh, I had some USDC that was on my uh, crypto.com account, ultimately uh, Circle, which uh, manages uh, a lot of the USDC money. They are backed on that stable coin one-to-one with uh, with cash at different banks. $3.3 billion uh, was ultimately at Silicon Valley Bank, which backed up USDC. So that got locked up and people were very uncertain. So you couldn't do anything with your USDC. And uh, ultimately, I got stuck with some, some cash at crypto.com that wouldn't sell. Now it is able to be sold But now that it's able to be sold, Bitcoin has already made this uh, 20% move. So unfortunately, I couldn't buy the dip as much as I wanted. I didn't have a a whole bunch of other cash on the sidelines. I had a good amount of USDC sitting ready for a dip. But uh, unfortunately, I could not do anything to move it from A to B. And uh, you know, thankfully, I had some that was ready to go that wasn't in USDC, and I could go ahead and buy. So I did Buy a little bit. I was just really hoping to buy a good bit more, but uh, ultimately that's what's going on there. And um, yeah, where are we at? We've got uh, a whole bunch of other news to cover, but I think it's probably going to be a good time to take a break, get get some thoughts together here, and ultimately come back and and just go right into what's going on with these banks. Go into the uh, the Fed talk, what CPI is looking like. And really what these rate hikes are going to look like going forward. So stick around. I will be right back. We're going to talk about all this news that you need to know uh, before you go ahead and make any kind of trade. So stick around. I'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. And if I could ask a favor of you, if you could go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast, that would uh, definitely mean the world to me and uh, make sure that you are subscribed on whatever podcast platform that you listen on so you don't miss any uh, future episodes from me here. But uh, with that being said, uh, I do want to get right back into CPI, right? We did have a read on CPI this morning and a little bit of a mixed picture. A lot of it came right in line, but uh, there's some some outliers to some of those numbers. So I want to kind of cover those so we know where we're going from here. Uh, We were up about 0.4 percent in February, that was in line. We were up six percent from a year ago, also in line. Uh, what happened in the uh, the other categories, though? Right, we had energy was uh, basically lower, which kept the numbers in check, and shelter costs and housing costs increased uh, sharply over the the last the uh, last read here. We also had uh, excluding food and energy, so that core CPI was up half a percent in February five and a half percent month over month. So uh, as I said, those lower energy numbers uh, brought the the overall CPI down. But on that core level, um, you know, when you exclude it, it brought that number back up. Uh, Energy down. Energy was down 0.6 percent for February year over year. It was uh, uh, I think it was five point two percent up. Right. Seven point two percent decline in fuel oil prices which uh, definitely helped keep these numbers in check for the uh, the CPI read right now. Food numbers. This was definitely uh, uh, one of the big drivers of this, uh, the CPI number staying high. We're up four uh, tenths of a percent in February, nine and a half percent year over year, uh, which is ultimately, you know, that grocery bill. It is definitely painful going to the grocery store still. Uh, eggs actually did come down in February, if you believe it or not. They came down 6.7%. The bad news, they're up 55.4% year over year. So that is just uh, you know, a, a, a huge number, a huge rise in in a category that uh, I'm going to guess uh, the majority of people have in their fridge at any given point in time. Uh, shelter uh, up 0.8% in February, 8.1% up annualized. Now a lot of those numbers are expected to come down in the uh, the coming months as uh, shelter, rent, and uh, and home prices should stabilize or go down. But uh, it is still on that uptrend uh, at this last read. So all that being said, with uh, CPI coming in in line, we also had a lot of pressure from a lot of uh, hedge fund managers, from a lot of financial economists. Uh, economists, I can't speak. Um, One of the things that was on this was uh, the the CME Fed Watch tool that we were watching go from a 25 basis point hike up to 50 basis point hike. Then we had the banks getting shut down and some people said, hey, we got to make a U-turn. We should not be raising rates at all. Uh, It is not a good time. Ultimately, it sounds like the Fed still wants to push forward with a 25 basis point hike. So right now the numbers look like this. We've got uh 24.7% saying no raise and now we've got 75% saying a 25 basis point hike. So there this has really been uh tricky to guess. And why does this really matter? Right? Uh, a lot of this is, you know, the market is very forward looking. So the market is really trying to figure out what this means for uh you know, mortgage rates, what it means for lending, what it means for for any kind of borrowing in the future. So, we're trying to plan now for what our, our values of these companies are going to look like six months or 12 months from now. So, when we get all these numbers kind of jumbled up and, and we have one of these black swan events where, you know, we've, we've got three banks closing uh, in the matter of a, a week or actually even less than that, the market really doesn't know what to do with the information that is out there for rate hikes. So we planned on one number and it changed, you know, positive, negative to flat. And now we're back to a 25 basis point hike, which is ultimately where I thought we would be. But uh, it's changed so many times, it really makes it hard to figure what's next. But uh, ultimately today, the market likes what we've got going on. We're, We're fine with this 25 basis point hike. We've got the bank stocks are actually rallying. They were really beat up over the past couple of trading days. And uh, yeah, we've got um, uh, a, a lot of different names. Schwab's up 10.1%. Uh, which one is this? Wall, what's the ticker Wall? Uh, Western Alliance Bank Corporation is up 14%. We've got uh, Wall PA, which I'm guessing is uh, some preferred of the Western Alliance Bank Corporation up 64% today, uh, just a lot of different things that are just really uncertain out there to really know what to do with a lot of the information that, that's coming in. At, at one point, you know, we didn't think that anything was safe in the banking sector. Now it looks like there's a lot of people that wanna have a bank run on the smaller banks to take their money uh, out of these smaller banks that might have not have as much liquidity, which is basically what happened with uh, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature. to ultimately take their money and put it somewhere a little bit safer, whether that's Citibank, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, some of these bigger names that uh, people just feel safer with. So the XLF is up about 1.2% today. That is the sector spider uh, financial fund. And over the last five days, uh, it's been a fairly sharp ride down. But uh, today it did open higher. And, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of trading off some of the highs right now. But uh, I do see that a lot of people really want to buy the dip in some of these financial names. Now, when I'm looking at that, I'm looking at uh, SoFi. That, that happens to be one that we talk about a lot on here. But um, so why SoFi? Well, the, uh, the CEO, Noto, makes an opportunistic million dollar stock purchase as the SVB crisis fuels the sell off. So he's in there buying. The CEOs in there buying. Uh, I don't know if it's on here. Yep, on March 10th, he bought 180,000 shares for right at 995,000 dollars. So when I see that, uh, you know, you've got these uh, these C-suite executives really looking to buy uh, a lot of the shares. That really does show a lot of confidence as they are playing with their own money. They are not buying it back with company money. They're buying it with their own money. So. If they were really going to fail, if there's really a liquidity problem, I don't think that they are going to be directly involved. I think that that is a bullish sign in at least SoFi. far. Uh, but you really got to weigh your options. Look at the liquidity. Look at some of the different names that are out there, and make sure that they look safe. So when I'm looking at that, you you definitely want to uh, you know I think the minimum liquidity rate is like 10%. You you have to be able to withstand a, a, a drop or uh, you know, people withdrawing about 10% of their money to really have that money on hand in order to pay it back to your depositors. And that's really where the FDIC came in and pretty much said uh, they're going to make sure that everyone, all the depositors are made whole. Uh, They're trying not to call it uh, a bailout. They really don't want to put that term on it, but pretty much they are bailing out the depositors to make sure that they get their money back. And uh, I think that's all well and good. They really don't want to go and bail out any failing banks. That is not really the the path that they are going uh, this time. But they are going to be making sure that these depositors, whether they have uh, you know under the FDIC limit of two hundred and fifty thousand or well above that, it looks like the FDIC wants to make sure that the depositors are made whole. Uh, you know, going forward with any other uh, financial crisis. So I think that that is part of the reason why these smaller banks are really rallying today is the fact of the FDIC trying to uh, make it seem like we are in a safe place your money is safe if you're in one of these FDIC insured uh, financial institutions and that's really where we're looking to go from here so I, I think that uh, you know your your stock value might not be great so if uh, you know you did own, uh, Silicon Valley Bank or Signature, your your stock value would be gone, but the money that you have in an account at that bank should be protected. So again, I don't want to have anything all in one spot, uh, from the standpoint of uh, an investment. And even at uh, you know at a bank, I don't want to go above that FDIC insurance. So if you have more than that, you might want to spread it out, have multiple accounts, do what you got to do to protect your money. But um, you really got to weigh your options there as well. So that's what I got on that. Uh, just make sure that uh, if you're buying a bank, make sure the liquidity looks strong. I don't want to see anyone get, uh, you know, wrapped up into buying a bank that is ultimately next on the chopping block by simply not having enough cash on hand in order to survive a bank run. Um, that's really not something that we want to be caught up in. So make sure that the uh, the liquidity rate is strong um, enough for you to feel comfortable that uh, that that business is not going to really just dissolve overnight as we've seen happen in the past uh, week or so. Now, uh, going forward, I did want to uh, say that the ChatGPT, they just launched uh, ChatGPT4, which uh, ultimately is a much stronger, deeper learning in the the world of AI. They had version 3.5 and uh version 3.5 went and took the bar exam right and finished in the bottom 10%. Now chat GPT4 just took the bar exam also and finished around the top 10 of uh, top 10% of test takers. So definitely shows uh, that this you know whole platform is really evolving rather quickly and really that AI looks to be the the forefront of what's next in the way of uh really really investing really thematic investing if you're really looking to invest in a theme i think that ai is probably a great spot to look and uh there are some different etfs that uh can can get you there i know we've talked about ark uh the ark investment funds and ark q would be one of them uh i know that uh, there's a bunch of other ones as well and i had a a paper here as to which those were and uh, i know schwab had one i know there was a a couple different ones i'm going to do a quick google search to try to see if i can't find these because i can't find my notes with uh what these different etfs were but what i'm looking on here i'll just type in ai etfs and let's see what we come up with we've got the iShares robotic etf uh, which is what ticker? It's IRBO. That was definitely one that I was looking at. And let's just take a look and see what IRBO holds. Uh, so if you wanted to maybe pick and choose from their portfolio, as we were talking about earlier with cherry picking United Health, you can certainly pick um, you know, one of these names from their portfolio or just simply invest in the overall uh, ETF. So you're kind of well covered. It's going to be more uh, actively manage. They're going to add and uh, sell stocks out of this portfolio in order to uh, really get the the best uh, mix of companies in here for you. What do we got? We've got uh, the top ten in IRBO. I'm not even sure what this first one is. Me To M I M E I T U. We got I Q I Y I, which is a Chinese. Uh, ADR. We got the Hello Group, Sumo Logic, Global Unichip, Alteric, Spotify, Meta, uh, ZTE, and Nvidia. Right. So here's my thing. I don't know, but maybe three or four of these names. So when you are buying a ETF like this, unless you really want to do a deep dive and figure out exactly which one works for you, you can simply buy something like this to to have them actively manage. Uh, AI stocks that are going to be kind of in the forefront of that uh, that industry. And you might not have uh, to keep such a close eye on it because it is going to be actively managed. So uh, that is certainly a way if you want to go ahead and, and do a deep dive on any of these different companies, you can individually look at each uh, each ticker, see if they make sense to you, see what they do, check out their investor relations pages, uh, go through all their financials, do all that, or simply. You know, dollar cost average into something like IRBO or ARKQ in order to really get a diversified approach to your investing. Know that that's an area that you want to be in, but really let them handle the the you know logistics of what they're buying and why. So uh, you're you're definitely getting a mixture of of companies here. You've got 16 uh, percent uh, giant, 20 percent large, 31 percent medium cap, 21 percent small, 10 percent micro. So. You're getting some of those small up and coming companies that are really going to be those 10X plays where you're also getting meta, which is going to be one of those giant stocks where you're probably going to be, you know, maybe, uh, you know, low double digit returns. But uh, I think they're going to be a little bit more tried and true. So I'm definitely more comfortable with the bigger names. I do not know the smaller ones. So something like this could really make sense to add it to your portfolio. Or simply add uh, some of these individual stocks to a watch list, do a little bit more research on them, and ultimately kind of come up with a game plan as to how you want to invest into an individual sector of a a market. And uh, yeah, that's what I got on that one. We do have some meta news. They did ultimately just announce that they are going to be cutting about 10,000 more positions. So 5,000 are already people that are hired there. Another 5,000 are going to be job positions that they are going to be closing. Uh, so they're not going to be fulfilling these new 5,000 roles that they ultimately uh, were looking to add at the uh, the last uh, check. So that is uh, what we got going on there. Uh, we did have, oh, I do have some uh, some marathon news on my covered calls. I did go ahead and write another covered call on Marathon. It uh, this one is a little bit more long dated, so let me let me run through he- this one real quick as to what I'm going to do here. And when I'm looking at marathon, we are up a good bit today. We're uh, up about 3.2 percent, we're sitting at 127. And last time you remember, I wrote this covered call at 131. This time I stretched it out a little bit more, I went to 139, but uh, I also made it a little bit longer of a date. So this one will be closing on April, I believe it was the 28th. But uh, the reason I chose April 28th, well, the next earning, earnings date is May the 2nd. So I wanted to go ahead and have this close before any more uh, real big news really came out and uh, you know could really have that stock move up rapidly. So I did close or pick that date before the earnings in order to not have that volatility of trading around earnings. And uh, I did move that uh, that price up, you know another eight dollars to to really try to protect these shares. But when I did make the uh, a longer dated call option instead of two weeks, now I'm at like six weeks, I took that premium from I think it was sixty or seventy dollars the first time to two hundred and eighty dollars uh, for just someone to have the option to potentially buy my shares for me at one hundred and thirty nine dollars in six weeks. So I already got that uh, that two hundred and eighty dollars. I'm going to do that same strategy where I was talking before. I'm going to move that premium out of my brokerage and I'm going to transfer that money into my IRA. So I am still continuing to uh, you know really try to fund my IRA off of these premiums that I am getting from writing covered calls. So uh, you know I guess as far as the covered calls go, I still got some open on ChargePoint, DraftKings, SoFi. We have got one on uh, Blackstone. And uh, Blackstone looks like it, it's pretty safe right now. Uh, that one is a 101 call, and currently we are trading at 86. So I've definitely got some uh, some time on that one. Um, and past that, where are we here? Uh, the the market is definitely pretty strong today. Let's take a look at the S and P. We haven't done that in a while to see what is going on with the. Uh, Actual volume here. We've got the uh, 3893 on the SP. We're up about one percent. And uh NASDAQ is up about 161 points, 1.45 percent. Dow is the the slower gainer on the day, only up about three tenths of a point. So when I'm looking at the SP, uh 30 year T bond 3.76, I should take a look at that too. Where is the 10 year? 10 year is at 3.6 so that has come down three month is at 4.87 that is strong that's a big gain on the day uh s&p all right back over to that let's let's take a little bit deeper of a dive here where are we at on a one month chart we are down near a low we are coming up off of this 38.50 level that is where we set yesterday and that is the lowest point on the month Uh, when i'm looking at the advanced chart are we still above on a uh, a moving average basis and and we'll try to check that here also so again if i'm looking at these uh this simple moving average i'm going to enter two of them here and on e-trade you can just simply click what date or how many days out you want to look at. So I'm going to look at the 50 and the 200. And when we do that, we'll try to see. Uh, Yeah, we are still above on the 50. So we are still stronger in the short term than we are on the long term. So we are definitely coming down uh, from last April about uh, 4,600 roughly. And uh, that is slowly pulling down into that. uh, Where are we on the? Let me see here on the 200 day. I think we are around. I'm trying to actually get this level. We're probably right around that thirty nine hundred level and the the 50 day is right around four thousand. So if this uh, market does kind of keep moving above this, uh, this 200 day, I think we're still going to be OK. But uh, there's a there's a lot of different problems going on out there. and There's a whole lot of uncertainty. So really just be mindful as to what's going on out there and uh, try to be careful with what you're doing. And uh, I've I've got a hard time bringing in a ton of new money. With all the fear that is out there, I'm just gonna continue to dollar cost average into some safer positions. That is really where I'm looking to go. And kind of keep collecting the premiums over writing these covered calls. And uh, as they expire, I'm gonna rinse and repeat to try to kind of keep this premium money coming in to where I can uh, really fund this whole IRA simply off of these premiums. That is really uh, one of my main goals for this year is to, to not have to add too much new money and just use smart money in order to do it. But um, yeah, past that, I think we covered CPI. We covered ChatGPT. We looked at the FedWatch tool. We looked at uh, some different plays that I'm making and uh, the the Let It Grow Investing Challenge, the five stocks that I am really paying attention to right now uh, amongst others, but those definitely caught my eye in one way or another. And uh, I think that's what I got for you guys today. I don't know that I've got too much else to share. I'm sure I do, but uh, it probably slipped my mind and I'll, I'll have to add it to the next one. So thank you very much for stopping by. And uh, we will catch you guys in the next one, but make sure you get your votes in over there on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook for week 12 of the Let It Grow Investing Challenge uh, poll that we've got on Facebook. And uh, with that being said, I'm going to head out of here and I will talk to you guys next time. Take care.